Cute, cuddly, ah. cute, cuddly, supportive, tough, fabulous, motivated, potential, beautiful, adorable, gentle, innocent, loyal, kind, awesome, loved, imaginative, clever, outspoken, honest. Unless I'm talking about yours, then those are different adjectives. This is Ashen Wood. Welcome to Mental Policing. Last week, when we asked you to send our questions to us um, and give us your thoughts, and uh, then we would in turn give you our thoughts, uh, there was one that we left out. Um, again, this is Wood, this is Ash, and this is Mental Policing. Uh, well, there were, there were a bunch, there were a few questions we left out, but one in particular, and we left that out because we wanted to dedicate an entire episode to that question. The question is... How do you deal with having children in law enforcement? Uh, how do you deal with not becoming the overbearing, overprotective parent that only sees trouble at each turn? Um, I may have added that last part just a little bit, but that was also from uh, another one we had. So I think it was all encompassing. So I'm going to cover one part of it. Ash will cover the other part of it. So um, this is what we'll do. So um, having children is a full-time job, and it should be. It's a difficult job, but it's among the most rewarding jobs that there is. I don't know what it's like to have children and not be in law enforcement because I had all of mine once I was in this life. Um, so I don't know what that's like, and I don't know how to be any different. And I don't know at this point, even if I'm out of it, that I would do things differently because now I'm wired this way and this it's is who, you are. who I am. Yes. Um, police are typically hypervigilant, often overly sensitive, yeah, that's right, and can be quite overbearing. Yes, we know this. I think as we age um, and find our partner in life, then we want to have children. Uh, We do this with the best of intentions, and we believe that our child or children are going to provide a better future and do great things. Sometimes, somewhere along the way, we forget that kids need to fail. They need to understand trials and how to overcome them. They have to learn to problem solve. We want to do that for them. And I believe that is um, most parents in general, not just police, but most parents in general, uh, we forget about that and we don't allow them to go through these life trials. I want to protect them from everything. Yes. Being a cop parent, though, is different. How, you may ask? We see things and we see terrible things. We see the worst of humanity and we see what it does to children. We see the worst acts of humanity acted out upon children. Um, And we see what being an absent parent looks like firsthand. 
So we panic. We step in to make sure that that never happens to our kids. And we forget that we are taking some life lessons away um, from them in an attempt to shelter them. For example, for example, <laughs> uh, myself, uh, I'll give you an example about me. I love to swim. I enjoy the pool, a lake, a river, or wherever else you can swim. What I don't love is for my kids to swim. Why? It terrifies me. I imagine them drowning, and for many years, I, d I either didn't take them or I didn't go when they would go swimming. I would stay away because it terrifies me. And um, I was aff too afraid of what might happen. Now that they're a bit older and they can swim just fine, I know they know enough to swim and to stay safe and ask for help if they need it. Uh, but this wasn't their fault. This was my fault. Um, I let my experiences control their lives. So they, they had the tools and they knew how to swim, but I was holding them back. It wasn't until I t took a deep look inside that I realized that I was actually a bigger problem than I was helping them. So I fixed it. Took a step back, swallowed my own pride, um, left my insecurities aside for a moment, and looked at what other responsible non-law enforcement parents did. Um, they allowed their kids to go swimming, believe it or not. Then my kids became better swimmers. They loved the water. They loved to go out and splash and play and have a good time. And what I did moving forward is now that I have, and if you've seen the previous post to this, I have an infant child that I put into swimming lessons as soon as she was old enough to do so to help combat my own insecurities and my overprotectiveness by allowing her to build the tools she could or she needed to be able to swim. I'm giving her skills to deal with that at an early age and therefore giving her the tools to succeed without me hovering. So, um, Next, that's, that's uh, what did I say? That was going to cover like um, overprotective. Ash is going to cover overbearing. I wanted to add that's to your not me. over. <laughs> I want to add to your overprotective. Okay. Because I think now you can enjoy those moments with the kids. Very much. You can experience that with them as well. Yes, very you much miss so. miss out. Because I think you miss out on a lot of stuff when you are afraid and you keep yourself away. Yes. So. Yes. Okay. So I think finding a balance between being an easy parent and an overbearing parent is generally challenging, but being a parent in law enforcement and seeing the worst in people and mm -hmm. what they're capable of adds like a whole new level to parenting. Yes. I think this is when communicating with your partner and trusting their judgment and angle uh, is very important. Like you said, we can't shelter our kids from everything that's going to come at them. Mm -hmm. uh, I remember a conversation I had with my mom when I had my first baby seven years ago, and I was terrified, terrified and in tears of all of the possibilities and traumatic events that life throws at us, everything that's possible that could happen to her. And in my conversation with my mom, she gave me the best advice, which I still which I still have to remind myself of. And if I accomplish this, then I'll take it as a parenting win. <laughs> we can't control life. We can't control what comes at our kids. Uh, we can't keep 
trauma from happening. It's just not possible. The only thing that we can control is to teach them coping skills. We can help them help themselves. So like the swimming. Right. Teach her at a young age to -hmm. learn how to swim. That way, if in the event something bad happens, she ends up in water, she can self-rescue. I think coping skills is the same. It's the same. So if we shelter our kids from negative life events, we will keep them from experiencing positive and necessary life skills at the same time. We will keep them from life if we try to keep them from the negative stuff. Um, They need to experience life in order to grow and become what we want them to become, happy, successful, independent. So uh, a question for our audience, what examples can you share of overbearing parenting that you've seen? Um, Some examples that I came up with were uh, like not allowing your kids to have sleepovers. Yeah. Turning innocent statements from your kids into an investigation. Okay, that one wasn't mine. (laughs) (laughs) But that one was assisted. (laughs) Um, But you can't, not everything is in not everything needs to be an investigation. No, you're right. And I I think um, along with that is while everything doesn't need to be an investigation, we do need to investigate. We need to be very aware and very on top of social media. A lot of people get hung up on this. Well, I'm not, you know, I want to be my kid's friend. I want to give them privacies and I want to this and that. As much as us um, in law enforcement, we sometimes are too much and hinder maybe what our kids do and where they go and who they see and all this and that. But at the same time, you need to be aware of what they're doing. You're their parent first, you're their friend second. And when those get reversed, sometimes that's too late. By then, now we're calling law enforcement to bail us out and saying, well, my kid's this or my kid's gone or my kid's you know, into trouble here or into this or that or drugs or whatever the case may be. But you need to be on top of that. You need to be a parent first. And that doesn't start when they've turned 13. That starts when they're three months old. So, but they still, you still need to allow them to fail at some point along the way. Allow them to have friends, but know who those friends are. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Um, There's many, I, I know that, uh, I'll get some emails and comments up, uh, from guys saying and agreeing with me on this that they've gone on that call where that child is missing or gone and then the parents call to say, hey, can you help me find the friend? The first thing you say is, where in the world would they go? Like, give me a list of all their friends. And they say, well, I don't know any of their friends. Well, if you don't know any of their friends, how am I going to help you uh, it, recover them or bring them home or, you know, what I mean, whatever. So... Find that, find that the balance Balance there and be involved. Just not overbearing. Allow them to, to learn. Um, keep going. Yeah. I'm reading a comment. That oh, got. yeah. Just don't lock them. Don't lock them up from experiencing life. Uh, teach them how to cope with the garbage that is most likely going to come their way. Say that again. Sorry. I, no, I was distracted by a, question, a comment. <laughs> Teach them how to cope with the garbage that will most likely come their way. But that's that and that's all. Oh, yeah. Yeah. um, The interrogation. I think I brought this up in one of the early episodes about interrogating your child. Um, Yeah, a a totally innocent statement turning into an investigation. Um, 
yeah, putting the spotlight on them. They don't know. Most of the time, kids are kids, and they're just doing their thing. And then we want to interrogate them. Well, where, where did this come from? Why are you over? What did uh, what did Becky's mom say about this? And why are you repeating that? And when they're just repeating what they heard, and it could be very innocent, and they're talking about mac and cheese. I don't know, something. But we make it a bigger deal than what it is. So we have to be very careful because on the flip side of that, there's a lot of officers that I've dealt with over the years that their kids are some of the worst to deal with. Why? Because we bail them out. Well, my kid would never do so, such and such because you hold yourself to such a standard, but you forget along the way you have a kid that you need to hold to that same standard, and then you haven't. And so now they're acting out. So rather than hold them accountable, you bail them out and you pretend like it doesn't happen. So also, let's not forget that, that some of the worst kids that I've dealt with happen to be law enforcement children. So at the very beginning of this, I gave all these attributes about a child that I believe are very true when they're little and they're young and they're learning. And it's very, um, they're all very positive attributes, but then the adults get involved and we mess them up. If I knew exactly how to raise children right, I would be a billionaire because I could teach everybody how to do it right. I don't know. Therefore, I work in this career and my money is what it is. So here we are. Um, did you have anything more to say Mm-mm. on that? Okay. Nope. So with that, I'll say let's gener- let's together raise a generation of honest, responsible, hardworking, level, level, loving, and loyal children. And with that, guys, this is Wood and Ash. And we will see you on the next one. Bye.